0: That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from pitchfellows.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is April 13th. Happy birthday to my father. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Dre Jameson went four innings, zero and runs, three hits, zero walks, four Ks, nine whiffs, 35% CSW, 54 pitches. He's becoming a hot topic as you're wondering, hey, wait, hold on. Jameson's in the rotation now with Davies injury is this someone I should be adding well I kind of think of him a little bit like I know it's gonna be sounding crazy like Brady Singer where he's trying to get called strikes with sinkers and trying to get whiffs with sliders his sinker just does not get whiffs his four seamer despite throwing 97 98 does not get whiffs so I'm not too interested in Dre Jameson I think it can work with him but he's also only at 54 pitches and he gets the Cardinals Padres and Dodgers next. Yeah no, I don't I don't want to do that. I uh, I don't see enough of benefit of holding on to Dre Jameson now um, versus other fun upside guys instead as you're really not going to get production out of him for a couple weeks. It's kind of like a stash play at this point. Looking forward to uh, other games from yesterday. Looking forward. Now. What what am I doing this morning? I I don't know. I, I think it's because I'm just nervous. I hear you listening right now and you have not signed up. For PL Plus or PL Pro, what are you doing? Support the site. It's the best way to showcase that you enjoy all of the free content that we have. Help us create more amazing tools and things for you. So go sign up at pitchless.com. Thank you all so much. So, Jose Akiti went against the Pirates yesterday. Six innings, zero in runs, two hits, three walks, and two strikeouts. And we're fine with this. He looks good enough. He had two strikeouts, but 15 whiffs. As he pitches for the Astros, a good situation. Big problem. Jays, Rays, and Phillies are next. So not great. He could survive this. Uh, if there's something really exciting in the wire, you can let go of it. But it does feel like once the schedule is better for Rikidi, he's going to continue to have starts like these. Sonny Gray was sick, puked, and then came out and did five innings, zero runs, three hits, two walks, five Ks. That's why he only threw 78 pitches against the White Sox. What a stud. Seriously. Uh, you love to see it great to see Sonny gray performing at his peak brad keller oh boy everyone he went against the rangers and he had a good start last time he introduced a little bit more of his curveball instead of the slider and this game 6.2 innings one run three hits one walk seven strikeouts for brad keller 26 curveballs for 46 percent csw Instead of being the sinker slider guy that we've seen in the past, four seamers and curveballs were 60% usage. It This is weird. This might be something. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. This could be something for us to chase. And, I, you know, it's early to do this. We know the floor for Keller. This curveball is legit. And, yeah, that might be something. It might be something. Just at least be aware of it. He's not going to be like in the 60s on the list. He'll be like on the list at like 80 or something. And that's about it. Logan Gilbert went against the Cubs. 6.2 innings. 1 and run. 4 hits. 1 walk. And 7 strikeouts. 10 whiffs. 27% CSW. And the slider return a 46% CSW. And you think, okay. All right. There it is. That's what I've been waiting for for so long with Logan Gilbert having the slider that is legit. Well, He hung the dang thing a ton. They fell in for called strikes a lot. This is not the slider, as you can hear my air quotes, that we want Logan Gilbert to have. So I'm glad that he got the results. And it showcases when the secondary stuff has success, how good Logan Gilbert can be. But this doesn't look like sustainable success at the moment. So hopefully more tweaks happen along the way. Zach Wheeler ace is gonna ace. We are cool about this. Lucas Giolito, awesome stuff here. Um, six innings, one and run three. It's three walks and six strikeouts against the Marlins. He, uh, not the Marlins. I'm sorry. The uh that was uh Zach Wheeler's. Lucas Giolito went six innings, one and run five. It's two walks, seven Ks against the Twins. His uh, his fastball sitting 93. We love to see that. The slider didn't get a lot of strikes. It was just a 36% rate. The changeup did well. Uh, This wasn't fully polished Giolito. I'm glad it worked out well. And really, the fastball, having the velocity really helps him. Um, He gets the Phillies, Jays, and Rays next, which is really frustrating. It's kind of like what Dre, uh, not Dre Jameson, but uh, Jose Arquite is getting, just in a different order. I hope that he survives it. Um, It feels like we're not going to be really excited about Giolito until May. And then I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> I mean, I, I I want to start him against the the Phillies. Giolito against the Jays seems really questionable, and the Rays doesn't make me confident either. But if Giolito has a slider and or changeup cooking against the Phillies, maybe maybe we're all right. Eduardo Rodriguez against the Jays. Speaking of which, six innings, one run, eight base runners, three strikeouts. He's back at 93. That's good to see. Good. um, Good pitch separation. The changeup didn't actually have good uh, a good strike rate at just 45%. He does get an easier schedule with the Guardians and the Orioles next. He's fine. Uh, I wouldn't say that you need to hold on to Eduardo Rodriguez. For quality start leagues, maybe you want to do that as he was at 96 pitches here. We have a lot of other guys to talk about, including Jack Flaherty with a very surprising performance. And of course, we're going to go over today and tomorrow's streamers. and We're going to talk about all of those after this break.
0: to sign up for your trial today. Jack Flaherty, 5.1 innings, one run, five, it's one walk, six Ks in
1: cores. His fastball velocity is still up that tick that we saw last week. 93, 94 on it, which is good. Feels like he's stressing his shoulder, but even better, 10 out of 38 whiffs on his slider. He threw it 45% of the time. That is something I can get behind, right? A a slider that's around 50% usage, With a fastball at 93-94. And now he gets the Diamondbacks. I want to jump in now. I feel so much better about Jack Flaherty now than I did at any point in the past like six months. Maybe like the past like, I don't know, year even. Because this is good. This is like Jack Flaherty of old a bit. Now sure, we need to see the curveball a little bit better. The sinker jamming right-handers, fine. But I I can take a chance here against the Diamondbacks. This is the kind of pickup that... Is not about one start. It's about, okay, we're starting to see a trend, and before it really jumps off the page, um, we might be able to get something before everyone else does. So I'm I'm actually very interested in Jack Flaherty. We might see um, him jump up a good amount on the list next week. Peyton Battenfield. If you knew who that was before listening to this, I'm proud of you. Maybe you heard it on the Plus Pitch Podcast yesterday. But right, um, he has a really good cutter. He had 12 cutter whiffs against the uh, the Yankees yesterday. 4.2 innings wanted run for it. Zero walks 3Ks. He only threw 66 pitches. He didn't get a single CSW on 21 uh, four seamers. No called strikes, no whiffs on it, which is not what you want to see. But it is a good cutter and I feel like that will help him survive against the Tigers across maybe like 70-75 pitches as he was at 66 here against the Tigers. So that's Okay. And without anything else really supporting it, you know, the forcing were not being good and the curveballs are all right. um, You know, there isn't really too much to chase. Who kind of feels like a Toby for Peyton Badenfield. But yeah, I mean, it's okay against the Tigers. I don't think he's like the next incredible thing for the Guardians. Maybe he showcases something new in that. Sorry, I don't know. Clayton Kershaw is Tatiaga, did well against the Giants. Marcus, Marcus Stroman did well against the Mariners. And now... He'll get the Athletics, the Dodgers, and the Marlins. Like, you just keep holding on to this room. This is going great. Um, Really good slurve and uh Carter some sing slurve because that's what Savant says. But for us, it's we're just going to label that as a curve. Um Let's go to Rich Hill against the Astros, who somehow survived despite zero strikeouts in six innings. How am I going to butter my bread with this? But two and runs and only seven base runners. And that's cool. And we're not going to believe anything about this. Griffin Canning was PL Bot's streaming pick of the day yesterday. And guess what? Against the Nationals, 5 innings, 2 runs, 5 hits, 0 walks in, 4 strikeouts, 15 whiffs, 36% CSW. Just under 70 pitches. I hope that the Angels are going to lean in on this. Uh, He gets the Yankees next Wednesday. I don't think you want to do that because of the limited pitch count, and there just isn't quite enough there. But the slider was good. 6 over 25 whiffs for 40% CSW. There's interesting things here. Only 25% four-seamers for canning. And at 75% secondaries, I love that kind of approach um, in this day and age, especially when fastballs are not very good. So Griffin Kenny could uh, could work out here when he's fully stretched out. I don't really want to take the chance against the Yankees in a limited pitch count next week. Ever Cabrera moving on from five innings to and runs, sure, but eight base runners, fewer walks. I mean, still underneath 60% strike rate for the fastball, just barely, but still 15% CSW on the changeup. It's just... It's not enough, guys. Now, Tyler McGill against the Padres was okay. He's not as exciting as he was last year at this time, unfortunately. He survived, but we need something more from the four seam. We're still a down, down like one or two ticks from last year. And I just I need that that electricity. I'm not seeing it here. Mackenzie Gore was a bit of a disappointment against the Angels. 2.2 innings, two and runs for its four walks. Six Ks. I really want this to be the start that vaulted his our opinion of him and yeah i feel like we need to see more consistency from the curveball and the slider here also the fastball was not nearly as precise as it was before um i feel like at some point he's going to have that incredible stretch i don't know if it's going to be now and next start but i i feel like it's kind of destined you don't necessarily need to stash mckenzie gore and it could just be good next start but this was definitely a step back and Hopefully, he uh, picks it up soon. Alex Cobb, 3.2 innings, two runs, eight hits, one walk, two strikeouts against the Dodgers, just four whiffs. The slider was not the pitch that we really needed it to be, but really, the splitter was so bad. Zero out of 25 whiffs. And the whole thing surrounds Alex Cobb's splitter being really good. And if that's not really good, then everything he does, the sinker, the, the, the slider, the curveball, well, that's a set up the splitter. So, yeah, not fun. But he does get the Marlins next, and that should be much better. Kevin Gossman, ace is going to ace against the Tigers. And hey, a sub-1 whip. You love to see it, finally, for Gosman. 11 strikeouts, by the way. 20 whiffs. 300 runs, but it was 8 innings, so that's okay. Kim chuck against the Orioles. Still 3 walks. It was a poor quality start, essentially. 6.1 innings and runs. Yeah, I don't really... I'm not chasing this. Hunter Green, 10 strikeouts against Atlanta. But a poor quality start. 6 innings, 300 runs. 7 hits. 21 whiffs. Things are good. He's going to be under a four-year right, guys. Like, don't worry about this. Spencer Strider was on the other side. 23 whiffs, 39% CSW. He had an annoying first inning. And then, you know, he was fine. His slider wasn't as good as we've seen. Uh, despite the high CSW, it w- it just wasn't as commanded as well as we normally see it. Spencer Strider is great. Jose Ureña, absolutely not. We have Blake Snell. Uh, who went against the Mets, and man, his, his slider and curveball just can't get strikes. 50% strikes on the slider, 3 out of 10 on the curveball is horrific. And that's all he needs to do. Like, that's it. The fastball is really good. And the breakers are amazing when they're in the zone. Like, he just needs to throw strikes. And at some point, it's going to click. It happens every year, but really, I feel... I feel like Blake Snell has a tiara, and it, you don't want to have to wait until like July. It will happen before the end of May. It probably will happen by May 1st. I'm holding on to Snell because I feel like it's just such a massive impact to your teams when it does. If you want to treat him like he's a prospect, treat him like the number one pitching prospect. If you want to do that, fine. But I think we can all acknowledge that Blake Snell, when he gets breakers for strikes is one of the better pitchers out there like he's a top 20 pitcher the second that that starts that stretch starts because it's like a i don't know a 2-5 era with a one whip and the 35 percent k rate or something when that happens like it's insane when that switch turns on so gets flicked someone should be uh sorry i uh, blake snell should be someone who you should still be holding on to in your leagues. Taj Bradley, five innings, three runs, five hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts against the Red Sox. He got the win here. And then the Rays sent him back to AAA. Incredibly frustrating because I'm in here. Um, I love this. Four seamers with intent upstairs. He got a really good uh, a cutter and a curveball here, getting tons of CSW here. We're talking 64% of the curveball, 43% of the cutter. Not a high whiff rate for them, but really the four-seamer is that whiff pitch. He just threw a little too high at times. And Taj Bradley got optioned, and it's frustrating. This is what the Rays do. So just so you guys know, when you get optioned, you can't come up until 10 days later unless there's an injury. right? Unless there's an opening from some reason that isn't just like swapping. So I'm imagining the Rays want to give, uh, they have a day off next week and they want to kind of give a day off for their uh, bullpen game stuff. So they probably are not going to have Taj Bradley for the next one. They just go with Josh Fleming and everything like that. And then maybe they just have a bullpen game for his thing on Monday and then they can go four man. So it's their Josh Fleming game. And then maybe Zach Eflin is back. So maybe that's what they're planning on doing here. I'm surprised that they didn't just keep Taj for like one more turn of it. Um, I imagine he's back in May. So you can hold on to him for that. Because I really do think like Taj Bradley should be that that guy. But then Glasnow returns and then it'll be a healthy five theoretically. But surely there'll be another opening here uh, for Taj Bradley. So I feel like once he arrives in May, he probably will stick around uh through the rest of the year um really upset that they pushed him down i really felt like the Rays would be like you know what let's actually keep him in this and not do the whole josh fleming thing so silly clark schmidt uh went against the guardians he's not worth your time guys just i'm just gonna say that right now i was hoping the sweeper would be enough it's not yeah jansen juck absolutely not dean kramer ah very disappointing here against the athletics so it goes he gets the nationals next and honestly don't Look at this one 4.1 innings, four in runs, five hits, two walks, one strikeout. How am I going to butter my bread with this? Don't look at that and say, Oh, now he can't do it against the Nationals. No, it doesn't. It just didn't go his way this time. Not to say that you should necessarily go out of your way to chase it. He'll be a questionable start, possible streamer against the Nationals still. Nathan Navaldi, five innings, six earn runs, 10 hits, zero walks, seven Ks. Against the Kansas City Royals, he was singled out at 18 whiffs, still at 95 96 in the fastball. I do want to see 96 97, just for the record. But he still seems fine. It might uh, you monitor that trend of Velocity was slightly, slightly down. Um, But I feel like he's still good here. And the last one is Chris Sale. Four innings, five runs, seven hits, two walks, six Ks. Twitch chat was asking a lot of questions about Chris Sale today. I understand why. I mean, he just hasn't been what we want him to be. And the way I see it here is I still feel like Chris Sale has good stuff overall, overall here. His four seamers are well elevated. He's getting sliders for strikes. His changeup is good. The slider... It maybe was being used too much inside the zone. I mean, PLV hates it. It says it was very hittable and then way too far out of the zone. Um, I feel like Chris Sale gets better as the season goes on. And he should be still rostered in your 12-teamers. It's it's him shaking off rust at this point. There's going to be a moment where Chris Sale like clicks in and great. It's a Tiara situation. It's the hardest thing we do in April. Is we see these guys who are slow to start here. And we feel like we got to get rid of them. Um, I'm telling you, Chris Sale, yeah, I think you should be holding on to him. However, if there's something amazing on the wire, I totally get it if you just don't want to deal with it anymore. Uh, I don't think that Chris Sale is going to be like, oh, hey, it's six innings, ten strikeouts on a regular basis or something. You know, so the ceiling is lower than it used to be. So if there's someone who's just amazing, like someone dropped like Reed Detmers or something, like, yeah, I would rather have Reed Detmers than Chris Sale. But I... but yeah, for the most part, I think 12-teamers, you still got to hold on to Chris Hale, and it should work itself out. All right, looking forward to today's pitchers. It's a short slate. Um, You have Jeffrey Springs, Nick Lodolo, Jordan Montgomery, Joe Ryan, Chris Bassett. All oh, those are clear starts. Yes, I'm still doing Joe Ryan against the Yankees. Probable start here is Nick Martinez as our stream pick of the day against the Brewers. There's also Johnny Brito. It's not a bullpen game for the Yankees. It is, in fact, Johnny Brito against the Twins. I'm actually going to say probable start for this one because I really like the changeup, and I think he's a little bit more stretched out now, and I just like what he does. I think like this should be a, a positive start for your fantasy teams. Questionable start here, you have Cole Irvin going against the Athletics. That could be a sneaky stream there. Could steal a win, as Cole Irvin is a Toby, and it's the Athletics inside of a good park. Bailey Falter against the Reds. I don't love it. It's in Cincinnati as opposed to out of Cincinnati. Uh, yeah I don't love that one same with Corey Kluber against the Rays uh, I could even conceivably put Corey Kluber in the bottom do not start Spencer Turnbull against the Jays is there though Adam Aller uh, Bryce Wilson is now starting for the Brewers and I don't want to do that and Vince Velasquez against the Cardinals great offense you just don't want to do any of those tomorrow Cody Senga, Sean Minaya, Nestor Cortez, Drew Rasmussen and Charlie Morden are all in that top tier I don't really know what order this should be because none of these are aces um, and Drew Rasmussen, you could say, is the best one, the hottest one here, but he gets the Jays. Meanwhile, they have Kodai Singh against Athletics. That's great. Chum and I against the Tigers, absolutely, with his new velocity. Nestor Cortez gets the Twins, which isn't as fun as the others, but that should still be good. as We haven't seen Nestor Cortez dominate yet, but I think he's fully stretched out now and should be much better. And then Charlie Morton hasn't really done the things we want him to do. He's notoriously a slow starter, but it's the Royals. You just got to start him. Probable start here. you have Brady Singer against Atlanta. We saw him take a step back in his last start, and Atlanta's really strong. Pablo Sandoval, sorry, Patrick Sandoval, the Irish Panda, uh, against the Red Sox. Red Sox aren't so scary. Sandoval has looked good enough. I think you're going to do this. Tyler Malley against the Yankees, I think, isn't uh, failing enough for us to not start him against the Yankees. Questionable start here is is a long one. Nova Synergar is still a Toby against the Cubs. Michael Walker just had 10 strikeouts now against the Brewers. Cal Quantrill against the <clears throat> Nationals, excuse me. Uh, i mean for that one as a Toby. Uh, Tywon Walker against the Reds. Now it's getting a little questionable because I don't really love what Tywon Walker does. That could work out. But yeah, I don't love it. I don't want to chase it in Cincinnati. Uh, Luis Garcia could get a win against the Rangers. Tyler Wells is our stream pick of the day against the White Sox. I don't think it's too exceptional, but this could work out well marco gonzalez hosting rocky road mike clevenger against the orioles trevor rogers against the diamondbacks and martin perez against the astros those last three are riskier than the others while marco gonzalez is getting rocky road and i feel like that should be a decent toby play uh you have the do not start tier tanner halk i haven't really seen it so i'm not going after it against the angels justin Steele, justin Steele against the dodgers is too risky Trevor Williams, and Bumgarner, just no, don't do this. Jose Brios, way too risky against the Rays. Johan Aviedo, Eric Lauer, uh, James Caprillian. these are all just too risky. Michael Lorenzen is going against the Giants, but it's a still ill situation. Jake Woodford, Austin Gomber, and Connor Overton, no thank you. But that is it for today. It's a long one, and I hope you guys enjoy it. That is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your Bambus below, and your strikeouts high.